Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and today we are going to be talking about a local Wisconsin legend and a festival that is coming up that I will be speaking at along with one of my guests today. This festival is going to be May 16th through the 21st in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and it is Hodeg Heritage Festival. Uh, my first guest here is the um, curator, I guess you could say, for the historical complex at uh, the in Rhinelander, uh, Carrie Bladorn. How are you doing? Did we lose Carrie already? <laughs> oh, there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, after a couple of days without power up here in the north woods of Wisconsin, uh, after a big snow and ice storm, uh, just came on about 20 minutes ago. So I'm I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. So, Carrie, now that you're with us, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And uh, you you are like the curator of the the historical complex, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm the director and curator of Pioneer Park Historical Complex in Rhinelander. And uh, it features the, the oldest logging museum of its kind in the country. It's turned 90 years old this year. And it has uh, six other museums, a CCC museum, one room schoolhouse museum, railroad museum, and, and on and on. Um, but it also has uh, one of the oldest, most authentic Hoday exhibits in Hoday country. Very cool. Uh, the CAPS team actually got to go and uh, check that whole place out. It is very cool. There's a lot of stuff to look at. You can spend a whole day there. There's a whole cool model railroad set up over there and all kinds of stuff. Big real trains and um, everything you can think of. Um, we also have online today uh, the owner of the Hodag store in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and... Um, like the official mascot runner arounder for everything and all things associated with Hodag. Ben Brunell, how you doing, Ben? Oh, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you, I have run into you all corners of the country, from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, down to uh, CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, no, we've been uh, bumping into each other quite a bit, and... Uh been kind of fun i had a great time set up down at CryptidCon. we were uh right next to each other kind of a little wisconsin sector in that corridor was kind of neat mm-hmm. and then the alaska to the other side of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was quite a journey but uh yeah you go you go all over like on your your um the hodag store's facebook page you are all over with the uh hodag mascot you got right oh yeah i mean uh we went pretty extreme last year, you could say. Um, the first journey of, or the first leg of the journey, we uh, went out to West Virginia and we bumped into you all there uh, at the canceled Mothman Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, we went up to Niagara Falls with them, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We toured a battleship. Uh, we rode the SS Badger across Lake Michigan with them. And the Hodeg even got to go up in the uh, captain's house which was pretty neat and yeah he's been all over the place yeah 
That's cool. It's it's really cool to follow all your adventures and stuff on uh, on the Facebook and everything and see where you guys have been. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure, sure. Thank you. <laughs> so we are talking today about the Hodag Heritage Festival. And uh, as I said at the beginning, this is going to be a whole week-long um, event. And um, I believe, if I'm not wrong, um, this was was started by uh, in conjunction with Ben, right? Uh, yeah, it was between uh, myself, uh, the Hot Egg Store, Carrie with the Pioneer Park Historical Complex, and uh, the gals over at the Rhinelander Chamber. Yeah, because when I first met you back when we were doing the um, research for Bigfoot in Rhinelander, you were talking about how you wanted to get something started as far as like, you know, there's the the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant and um, the other festivals around and that. And Wisconsin really didn't have a big Hodag themed festival. There was the Hodag Festival, the, the music festival, but that wasn't really, you know, associated with the Hodag the creature, right? Yeah, no, that's not really like a cryptid festival. That's more of like a modern-day billboard chart country music show with top performance acts coming from all over the country. Draws about like anywhere from thirty to 50,000 people every year, depending on the acts. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the event you got going on this year? Well, we got the uh, Hodeg Heritage Festival going on, and uh, like you said, it was like a week-long uh, event with Hodeg uh, themed food and whatnot you can get throughout the week, uh, boiling down to the main event on Saturday, May 21st at Pioneer Park. And we'll have some vendors there with cryptid and Northwoods-themed items, um, some guest speakers, you guys, and uh, Chad Lewis also is going to be there speaking. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty fun day. Sounds like it, man. I'm looking forward to it. I know uh, Chad Lewis has got that new book out um, about, um, I, I want to say it's like uh, Legends and Stories of the North Woods or something along that nature. And I think the Hodag's actually on the cover of that, isn't he? Oh, I am not aware of that one. I'll have to investigate. Is that that is... is correct, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> chiming in from the from Carrie here yeah so i i thought um yeah i thought the hodag was on the cover of that the lumberjack lumberjack stories of the north woods or something I, I can't remember off the top of my head what the book is called but um, oh yeah uh the lumberjack creatures of the north woods there you go thank you yeah that one yeah, yeah. i have that book in my store yeah cool so there you go if you want to pick up chad lewis's book prior to seeing chad lewis in may uh it will be at your store so oh right away here where is your store located ben uh it is located on the corner of lincoln and shepherd street which is named after eugene shepherd the man who discovered the hodeg very cool and that obviously is in rhinelander wisconsin and um do you you have a online store as well uh, yes, it'd be uh, com. Duh, obviously. <laughs> yep, I make it simple. Yeah, very simple. We're um, a store about hoed eggs. What else would we name it but the hoed egg store? Perfect. So how did you get involved Like, um, with why – did, why did you open a, a store for the hoed egg? Well, um, my store started out as – just an antique resale store and uh 
over the course of years at the checkout time, I would notice customers always repeatedly asking where in town you get a Hodake keychain, Hodake postcard, Hodake something. And I didn't have a good answer for them. I said, ah, I don't know. Maybe go try like the gas stations. They might have something for you. So after a few years, I realized, you know, there was a need for people wanting Hodake stuff. And I just kind of started slowly gathering it uh, shelf by shelf until the front room was filled up with hot eggs and uh here we are today we got a painted green building and hot eggs all over the place outside uh 1973 step van graffiti spray painted with hot eggs and i just really took it all out with the beast i uh wanted to make more than just another regular old business in town i wanted to make like a destination for Rhinelander and for this creature known as the Hodeg. It's very cool. Very cool. I mean, you have literally everything you could think of in that store that you wanted the Hodeg on from Frisbee discs to shot glasses, to t-shirts, hats, um, stuffed plushies, soda, everything that, that, you know, it, it possibly could stick a picture of the Hodeg on or a drawing or anything. You got it, man. Yeah, no, I, I got to do a, a fresh recount here soon, but uh, I think I'm at around like 270-ish different Hodeg items. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think we've missed, uh, I, I went backwards on this because I was going to start with Carrie and explain what the Hodeg actually was. And we, we, we kind of went into your whole store and everything here. So I think we need to back the Hodeg train up <clears throat> and... Uh, Carrie, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of history on uh, the story of the Hodag? So this could literally take up days and days of conversation. The Hodag legends and lore, uh, the folklore associated with this creature is is so deep. You know, it's depth. It just goes back hundreds, potentially thousands of years. Uh, for Rhinelander's sake... Uh, it goes back to a lumberjack, timber cruiser, and land surveyor by the name of Eugene Simeon Shepard. And uh, go back 150 years ago to these logging camps that existed in the Northwoods of Wisconsin um, that started in Maine and moved their way across the northern reaches of the country all the way to Montana into the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you would have these loggers, you know, getting together in the evening and telling stories and a lot of our American folklore was developed in these lumber camps. Stories about Paul Bunyan, uh, his, of course, famous blue ox. Um, Chad Lewis, of course, mentions a bunch of great uh, logging camp stories and creatures in his book, uh, including the Side Hill Gouger and uh, Round Snakes and, and all this great American folklore. And hogegs were spoken of uh, in those logging camps, and, and some of this mythology was created at that time. Um, by the time it got to the logging camps of Wisconsin, um, Gene Shepard was up in the north woods of Wisconsin in the Rhinelander area and visiting a lot of these log lumber camps. And he was known as a phenomenal storyteller, a great storyteller. And he took some of these tales, you know, that he had heard whispers of and uh, adapted them into full-fledged legends and stories. And in 1893, he claimed to have captured a uh, prehistoric fur-bearing creature, uh, egg-laying 
uh, head of an elephant, face of a frog, white spines down its back, uh, razor sharp claws, tusks for teeth, oxen like horns, um, and brought this creature uh, back to Rhinelander. And in fact, the first outing uh, after he discovered one of these animals in the woods, uh, he took a posse of loggers and lumberjacks out to the woods and they, they accidentally blew it up with dynamite. <laughs> by by accident, uh, that was really not the intention. They hoped to capture it, but this creature so ferocious, um, it just came to pass that it it uh, had been blown to smithereens. And in 1896, he went back out into the forest on a trail, according to Gene, and captured a live specimen, brought it back to town, put it on display at the first Oneida County Fair, and proceeded to display this animal. Uh, around county fairs in Wisconsin, including taking it to the state fair in Wisconsin for quite a few years. So that that's really where Rhinelander's story of, of Hodegs started. And since that time, Gene Shepard really, really hammed it up. He saw the writing on the wall in the Northwoods that the logging and lumbering industry just couldn't last forever. And and he fell in love with the Northwoods of Wisconsin, being from uh, the New London, Wisconsin area, just a little farther south. And he knew that he wanted to find a way to get people to come up to the Northwoods and enjoy all of the beauty uh, that he enjoyed. And creating the Hodeg and developing these legends and this folklore um, was really a big part of that, of getting people to come up and, and to enjoy the Northwoods. And over the course of the last 128, 29 years, Ben? 129 129 this year uh that uh that folklore has been perpetuated in rhinelander and you know a lot of different creatures get talked about in storytelling um throughout history you know going back thousands of years and but it takes individuals it takes communities uh perpetuating this folklore and rhinelander has done a phenomenal job um i, I think unlike any other place on planet earth in really embracing this this creature, the Hodeg, and uh, you know developing these legends and lore, and and uh, you know taking it to the fullest extent of of cryptid lore. I I would have to agree with you. Very well said. Um, I mean, like me and Ben, we were both in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and stuff. And and I think you can agree, Ben. You know, we we saw uh, Mothman stuff around the town, but nowhere near to the extent that Rhinelander has taken the Hodeg. Oh, yeah. Coincidentally, I I was at Point Pleasant in the Hodeg suit. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) People don't always know who's in the suit, so (laughs) getting to see that firsthand, yeah, it really opens your eyes to, I guess when you're, and I don't mean to cut you off, Ben, but and Ben can, can speak to this as well, but when you're from Rhinelander, Hodegs are so ubiquitous you almost become a little hodag desensitized in in some respects because they're everywhere i mean you drive through rhinelander and i drove to ben's house a couple weeks ago and i i counted 28 hodags just between my house and his house (laughs) Uh, you know they're in effigy statues murals everywhere you look there's hodags um but once you kind of go out and venture out into the rest of the country and and realize that rhinelander is a really special place and and uh, hodags are are really unique uh, amongst american folklore and it's really cool to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Ben? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like you are saying, uh, in Point Pleasant there, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was Mothman's around town. Um, the, the statue, is it's pretty fabulous. I wish we had 
kind of a, a stainless steel chromey looking hoed egg <laughs> like that. It'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a few murals around town. They had the Mothman Museum and store there and a few other little places. But yeah, nowhere else would I say it takes it to the fullest extent or extreme uh, with our cryptid beasts like we do. Definitely. Like, like you said, I mean, like my first trip up to uh, Rhinelander uh, in 2020 to do, well, it wasn't my first trip, but for um, doing the, the Bigfooting stuff up there, like th- the first thing you see, you pull into the town from the way I came, you got the water tower and then you got the um, um, Chamber of Commerce there with the, the big one right there in the front of town. And then it just escalated from the the fire truck, the police car, the every building. You know, all the stores have little statues out front and and um, carved logs and and stuff that are all hodag. And then obviously you pass the hodag store. That's just a huge beacon of hodag. You know, and um, even Walmart and stuff. You go in there and they they have the T-shirts for the hodag there because you know your your school mascot and stuff is hodag as well, right? Uh, yeah, no, the the school mascot is uh, um, a egg. I mean, like you were saying, he's literally on everything. The cop cars, fire trucks, water towers. Uh, there's even a stained glass egg in a church in town, which is pretty cool. <laughs> no, that one I haven't seen. <laughs> hey, go so far as Rhinelander residents, past and present, are known as eggs, of course. So I want to talk a little bit more about like the the history of this because um, there is you know Carrie as you had said there's so much like folklore and legend surrounding this and everybody hears you know I, well maybe not everybody but the the people that are familiar with the Hodag aso- associate the Hodag with Rhinelander but like as you said the story of this creature was around prior to that right yeah there's a couple different veins. Um, or origins, you could say, of the Hodag legends. And I'll just speak on a couple of them. Uh, let's go all the way across the pond, across the ocean, um, to Scandinavian countries um, have a couple different creatures uh, that are are similar in nature. You know, I think cultures across the globe have stories about uh, mythological beasts, you know, going back to Roman and Greek and ancient times. So human beings have always tried to explain noises in the forests, you know, uh, happenings in the woods um, by telling stories and telling tales. And uh, coming back here to America, the two major origin stories for the Hodeg that developed in Rhinelander were uh, the Anishinaabe people and other Algonquin Native American tribes um, have a creature uh, that they call Mishapishu. And up on Lake Superior, just north of Sault Ste. Marie, uh, is the Agawa rock pictograph, which depicts a an ancient rock pictograph of Mishapishu. And if you look up Mishapishu online, you'll you'll notice that there's a striking resemblance. And so stories like that, you know, starting with Native American tribes getting passed down, um, and again, people just kind of picking those stories up and running with them, as as people have done for thousands of years on this planet. Um, is really cool. So that that takes back some of the Hodag origin story back, you know, a long time uh, into ancient times, mm-hmm. and then uh, more more into uh, modern folklore. Uh, back to the lumber camps, the logging camps uh, throughout the northern regions of America. You had stories about oxen, uh, lumber oxen that were used in the forest, 
And these creatures did not live very long because they were worked very hard. You know, they were the tractor of their day. And so seven to 10 years was really the, the longest uh, one of these woods oxen was lived. And they were a beast of burden. They hauled logs around the forest to the rivers for river drives to the railways uh, into the logging and lumbering uh, areas, centers of the, the communities there. And it was told in these logging camps that when a lumber oxen died, that they would build a big funeral pyre in you know, memorial of, of these beloved beasts. And they would burn this fire for seven continuous years until the bones of the oxen were turned to ash. And at that time, the spirit of these dead oxen would go into the forest and become hodags. And that leads me to talk just to, briefly about the origin of the word hodags. Uh, there's a lumberjack and logging and forestry tool known as a grub hoe. And uh, that in slang terminology, lumberjack slang, is also called a hodag. So that word had been around, not directly associated with this creature. Um, but as the logging camps were started in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, uh, somebody in one of these camps attached a uh, hodag to one of these tales about uh, prehistoric fur-bearing creature in the woods, and it stuck. And then by the time Gene Shepard had heard these stories, uh, again, he was such a great tall tale teller. You know, his embellishment of this legend is is quite legendary. And uh, it, it just, it, you know, here we are. Uh, history speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk about him being such a good storyteller and stuff and, and legendary, and um, I believe that... Um, the, the stories of the hodag from Eugene Shepard made their way all the way out to uh, P.T. Barnum and uh, the Smithsonian Institute, right? Yeah, uh, just for the listeners, there we last year's Hodag Heritage Festival, we made a five-part hodag history video series, kind of a, a mini-documentary series, which we're going to be re-releasing um, for Hodag Heritage Festival this year. Um, those can be found on the Pioneer Park Historical Complex uh, Facebook page, and they're also going to be shared in a number of different locations after this Hoday Heritage Festival. If you want to learn some more of the minutia and the details, um, but certainly these stories that Gene Shepard told um, traveled the country. He wrote an article in the 1890s in our local newspaper, the New North newspaper, and that article was picked up by newspapers um, all across the United States. And yeah, P.T. Barnum heard about it. Uh, decided to travel up to Rhinelander to investigate. You know, this was right up his alley. Uh, the Smithsonian Museum, prestigious institute in Washington, D.C., actually dispatched a scientific team to come up to Rhinelander to take a survey uh, of this, you know, incredible creature that was discovered in the north woods of Wisconsin, a live beast that was captured. Um, and then later on uh, in the 1920s, one of Gene Shepard's friends, Luke uh, Lakeshore Kearney was his name. He wrote a book called The Hodag, and it had a lot of these Gene Shepard stories in it. And once again, newspapers picked up on this. I was just reading through some newspaper archives yesterday, in fact. Um, I counted no less than 37 major cities' uh, newspapers that picked up Luke Kearney's stories. So again, that that just perpetuated these these legends of Hodag's in the north woods of Wisconsin, and and people just they loved it. They loved to hear about hodags. They loved to hear about the wilderness and uh, primitive areas of the north woods. Um, something about it just really stirs your imagination uh, in a way that few things 
few things can. Now, Ben, uh, we're talking about like heritage and um, like the folklore and stuff of these things. A lot of the times, like even in your store, you have a lot of merchandise that is hodag, but there's also a small white bulldog with the hodag. Can you like w- what's the deal with the little white bulldog? The the little white bulldog. Well, when Gene had the hodag captured and stored in a pit in his den uh, at his residence, uh, he would feed the white bulldog, or the whole day, a white bulldog, but only on a Sunday, uh, kind of as like a treat. And uh, ever since then, the whole day's favorite delicacy to eat uh, is a white bulldog now. Hmm. Do you have any idea why it was a white bulldog that was chosen? Uh, maybe availability, I'm not sure. Um, when the uh, lumberjacks first went out into the woods to try to capture the hodag, uh, they brought along um, pet white bulldogs, kind of for like protection, I guess you could say. Hmm. And uh, one time the hodag came out and gobbled up all the bulldogs. Oh no! <laughs> huh? Yeah. That's, that's... once you get a taste for white bulldogs, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, another thing I was, I was really interested in, and this is, you know, um, when we went down there to investigate uh, the Bigfoot stuff back in uh, 2020, uh, our witness pointed up on the hill behind their house and said that that was the actual house that Eugene Shepard lived in where the, the hodag was kept. Um, and that, that house still exists today, like, right? Like, it's, it's still there. You can go visit it. Well, not like it's, it's a privately owned location, but you can still see it, right? Yeah, you can drive by and see it. There's uh, like his main house that he had. And then to the left of that is like this brick building, uh, the den, uh, he called it, I believe. And there was a garage back there. Um, and in that garage is where he kept the hodag. Yeah, the main house is literally known as the hodag house. So, am I right? That's that's privately owned. That's not any like city owned or anything. Correct. It's a private right. residence. Yeah, you could drive by it very easily and see it yeah. from the street. Uh, you know, if you want to see Gene Shepard's former residence. There's no like plaques or anything outside of it or anything. Has there ever been any like sort of initiative to get that uh, recognized as a, a landmark or anything? So the Hoday history in that regard, that, that was actually Gene's second property, almost his retirement estate, you could say. Okay. Um, he had another home where where the original Hoday pit was uh, closer to the railroad station downtown. So people would come into town on the train, visitors to the Northwoods, vacationers, and they already knew about Hodags and they knew about Eugene Shepard. Um, just because he was such a popular guy and his stories were so amazing. Uh, they wanted to go to his house and see, you know, live Hodag. So they would take the short block and a half walk to his his first house there. And, uh, you know, Gene would put on a show and show these people Hodags, you know, and there would be chains rattling in the garage. He would walk into, the, into this uh, garage that he had a pit in. And, uh, you know, five seconds later, he would come out all, disheveled and in torn tattered clothing you know and saying something like i'm sorry folks we just can't uh, let you in today because the the beast is being so vicious today um and that 
that same show then was moved over to this the Pines Estate, it's known as, uh, which is right next to Shepherd Park, across from Pelic- the Pelican River from uh, the Humboldt Nature Preserve, where you had done your Bigfoot study. Mm-hmm. And all throughout Gene Shepherd's life, um, he had played that up, you know. And so a lot of people felt like, this is a real creature. This is a real beast. You know, for a long time, people believed it was a flesh and blood creature. And, and frankly, I think for those of us that live in the Northwoods, Ben can attest to this. Um, we, we truly believe that it's entirely possible uh, that flesh and blood hodags still roam these parts to this very day. So on, on regards to the other house, is the other house still there? Has that been anything done with it? or That house uh, was demolished many decades ago uh, to make way for an expansion on the, the next-door church. So that house <laughs> is not there. So far as Hodag uh, placards of these different sites are concerned, they're pretty much a known quantity in Rhinelander. You know, if you ask any local, they'll be able to tell you, you know, where the Hodeg house is and where the historic sites are. In fact, for this year's Hodeg Heritage Festival, uh, we're putting together a bus, a historic bus tour. So down at Pioneer Park at the festival, you hop on a bus and you take a uh, bus that has a Hodeg on it, mind you, <laughs> a big, uh, you know, tour bus with the Hodeg on the side. And you take a trip around Rhinelander learning about the Hodag history and visiting these historic sites. And then down at one of our main parks along Boom Lake, which is the lake in the heart of Rhinelander, a Hodag Park, there is a state historical marker there for the Hodag. So there are a couple places, you know, you can read about it. And then, of course, the museum at Pioneer Park has a wealth of information, and that museum will be open during Hodag Heritage Festival this year as well. So you can come down and, and check out all the historic Hodags there. We got a couple that are over 100 years old, you know, depictions, um, sculptures, taxidermic representations of the great pine beast. Oh, cool. I see that on the poster, the the Hodag historical bus tours. And I was wondering, is there just going to be one of those? Or are you going to do them like uh, throughout the day or? They're happening, I believe, every hour, every two hours. Ben, do you remember the time on that? I believe they're happening at 1, 2 and 3 p.m. offhand, I think. Cool. I see. I mean, I'm all into the history of this stuff and and the folklore and stuff. So I saw that on the poster, and I was I was pretty interested in that as well. Um, you also have uh, live music at the event too. At uh, four o'clock, it says. Yeah, we really wanted to celebrate the Hodag. You know, not only celebrate its heritage and its history, talk about the heritage, talk about the history, you know, open up the museum, have guest speakers, have uh, Hodeg uh, beer, have Hodeg-related uh, foods, have Hodeg souvenirs available. Ben's shop, of course, will be open all day to go over and visit. Um, but we really wanted to make it a celebration. Um, so, you know, having some live music, it's just part and parcel to, to having a big event. And uh, we got a great great band this year hip pocket that does a, an assortment of uh, rock and pop music from today and yesterday and uh, you know it's going to be a it's going to be a fun time good good uh, old-fashioned wisconsin celebration definitely and this is the, actually the second year right you had uh you had one last year as well Bad. yeah we started out rather small last year uh, over Rhinelanders, over the course of Rhinelanders' history, there have been some Hodag-related celebrations. And, of course, like you mentioned, the Hodag Country Music Festival, um, although it doesn't directly celebrate the Hodag, there have been some events put on 
over the decades in town. Um, but in more recent times, there wasn't really anything, you know, that was put together to do that, to focus on the Hoday, its heritage and its legacy within the Northwoods and, and throughout Wisconsin. So, you know, again, that was something Ben and I had talked about for, for several years before we just decided we, we had to make it happen. And uh, so last year we had an event down at Pioneer Park. Um, the governor of Wisconsin declared May 21st uh, Hodag Day, uh, and uh, we're looking to have that done again this year. And uh, this year everything's just uh, uh, bigger and better, and we hope to continue this. Uh, you know, continuity with, with these types of events is very important. And uh, Ben and I, I don't think we we see our passion for hodags uh, going away anytime soon. Very good. Um, so like, like we talked about, I mean, this is all going to be on May or Saturday, uh, May 21st, but you have a week-long stuff. It's you got a, a tour to hodag bike event and citywide hodag food scavenger hunts and so people can come in and you know obviously ben your store is going to be open all week as well and right yes cool so is there, is there like what 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 kind of scavenger hunts you guys got going on so our local downtown uh it's called downtown rhinelander inc it's a um advocacy group for rhinelander businesses um, are putting on a hoed egg scavenger hunt. We did a similar thing last year, but, uh, you know, a lot more groups, uh, civic organizations are getting involved this year. Oh, that, that reminds me we're having a lumberjack pancake breakfast um, on the morning of the 21st. But, you know, everybody in Rhinelander loves hoed eggs. It's not like, it, it's not a specific to, to several individuals. Um, people love Rhinelander, its community, its people love hoed eggs. And so, being able to take this opportunity to really, you know, go all in for, for a week long celebration. Um, businesses around town are getting involved. Like I said, the civic organizations, uh, so much fun stuff going on that week. Um, the high school is doing a spirit day on Friday where, you know, everybody can dress up in their, their hoday garb and, uh, uh, restaurants around town will have different, uh, hoday related foods. Uh, last year, uh, downtown restaurant CT's deli, uh, put together a hoed, uh, white bulldog sandwich. And it's actually <laughs> become my favorite sandwich around town. So they'll be, you know, uh, hyping that up that week and, and, uh, among other things. I gotta be honest. That does not sound good at all. <laughs> it, it, it may have a, a distinct, uh, uh, you know, perception, but it, it really is a great sandwich. Was, is and, that like uh, a French delicacy? In town that week. <laughs> like a French bulldog delicacy? French? No? Yeah, I think French bulldog's actually a little different than than oh, white yeah, bulldogs. Yep, right, yep. I, on the white bulldog topic, uh, Gene Shepard's son, um, Leighton Shepard, uh, in later life had and kept a white bulldog. You know, a lot of people around huh. town remember him. Uh, for having that. It's funny, we should be talking about Gene Shepard and Hodegs this week because Gene's birthday was on the 24th of March uh, just a couple days ago. And in fact, he died on March 26th. So that's another thing, another uh, historic site that'll be on our bus tour, um, Gene Shepard's grave site. And uh, anybody can go on Google Maps and just look up, you know, Gene Shepard, Eugene Shepard's grave site, and it, you, it'll take you right there. Yeah, there's a gravestone with I think one of Ben's hodag figurines uh, on top of it these days. So uh, on that topic, is there any like actual um, 
relatives of his still in Rhinelander? Or? There are some distant relatives in the area, but uh, his immediate relatives um, had all moved out of town and uh, eventually, of course, had passed away. So there, there's distant relatives in the area and, and throughout the country, of course, um, but immediate family is that lineage is kind of uh, not as present as it once was. That'd be kind of cool to, to like have one of his, you know, grandkids or something out there doing something. Yeah, there was a guy here in town, or there is a guy, a gentleman named Kurt Kortenhoff, who wrote the the premier Hodag history book. It's called Long Live the Hodag, and uh, he basically wrote a thesis on the Hodag for his college education, which turned into this book. And uh, he was very lucky and fortunate to have visited with uh, some of the last immediate descendants of Eugene Shepard um, went out uh, east and visited a, one of his relatives, a, a lady out there. And, and that was kind of, um, you know, one of the last of the lineage, you could say, that could speak directly to, to Eugene Shepard's uh, life and stories. So I definitely recommend that book. It's both at Ben's shop and at the, the museum at Pioneer Park available for purchase as well. So if I correct me if I'm wrong here the when Eugene was um doing all the stuff with the hodag and that the the lumber industry was um like pulling out of Rhinelander right not necessarily pulling out of Rhinelander as much as it was just coming to the end of its era you know for instance the early plat maps uh, from 1854 through 56 of the Rhinelander area noted a 18 mile by 40 mile stand of white pine tree. Um, you know, some of these trees were huge, 50, 55 inches in diameter. And even with uh, axe and crosscut saw, uh, these lumber companies did not waste any time in cutting them down. And for a few years, there was a lot of talk about it being an inexhaustible resource. Um, but as the decades moved along, and as the turn of the century in 1900 happened, you know, people started to realize like, wow, you know, the trees are disappearing and they eventually cut down 99.8% of all the old growth pine trees in the north woods of Wisconsin. So much of the forest that we see today is is regrown or, or secondary growth. Uh, not a lot of that old growth, you know, that, that primeval forest, if you will, exists today. Some small patches. But so those logging and lumbering companies, you know, they sawed all the logs into lumber and they sent it, that lumber all around the country to build cities like St. Louis and Kansas City and Milwaukee and Chicago after their fire. And um, by the 1920s and 30s, they had kind of turned away from the pine and started sawing up hardwood, maple and oak and that sort of thing. And uh, after that started to disappear, they um, cut a lot of pulp wood for the local paper mills. Um, even though there's a, a still a huge forestry industry in the Northwoods now, you know, there was a turning point in Rhinelander's history where it really needed to reinvent itself or, or find something to attract people to the Northwoods that wasn't going to be dependent on those early uh, lumber mills. And it was the hodeg that, that it turned into. So in your opinion, would you say that like uh, the, the whole town of Rhinelander pretty much, you know, obviously is related to Hodag and you think that kind of like helped keep the, the city running and, and populated and booming? Yeah, I think like all American communities across the United States, um, 
you know, things wax and wane and, and communities and towns, cities have to figure out ways of, of keeping their towns alive. And uh, Rhinelander has, has had opportunities over the decades to, you know, come in and out of different industries. Um, but one thing that's kind of connects all that uh, through this last almost 130 years here in Rhinelander is, is hoed eggs and, and not every community has that. So it's really cool, really special. Very cool. So obviously you both know that I'm, I'm into like the cryptids and, uh, you know, the, the finding the creatures and stuff like that. So I, I have a question for Ben, Ben, you have like, uh, you know, the whole store dedicated to the hoed egg and you have people coming in there every day. So when you have these like touristy destination stores like that, you get a lot of people coming in with stories. Have you ever had any stories of anyone that has actually encountered one of these? Uh, I have had several, I, I couldn't tell you their stories off the top of my head, but yes, I've had people come in and say they've seen them before. Hmm. And with, with looking at this, you know, like there's so much evidence for, for Bigfoot and some of these other cryptid creatures and that, and we're, we're talking about a creature that has, you know, so much uh, basis in folklore and mythology and that, that there just doesn't seem to be the evidence for its existing. But so when these, these people come in, like what, what kind of stories do you, do you think that they're being honest or is it just kind of tongue in cheek or? Um, I would say a little bit of both, you know, I mean, there's been some pretty serious, uh, gentlemen's, uh, usually they're older guys, you know? Um, so they're probably being a little tongue in cheek about it, but, uh, I would say I've had some quite serious people, though. And they have they seen them all, like, in the Rhinelander area or outside of that, like, any other parts of the uh, country? Usually, I would say outside uh, Rhinelander area. Uh, usually, when they would talk of these stories of seeing the Hodeg, it was, like, decades ago type of thing, not recent sighting. Okay. Now, Carrie, you have the museum. You're there quite often as well. Do you get any stories over there? Yeah, you know, I I visit with a lot of uh, tourists and vacationers that come into the museum that are, you know, staying at cabins, staying at resorts, camping in the area, and have done so with their families for for generations. And you know, throughout time, uh, humans human beings always try to explain natural phenomena. You know, whether it's sounds in the forest claw marks on trees, you know, strange odors in the woods that they can't quite place. And here in Rhinelander, it just seems obvious that if you come across something that just doesn't seem right, maybe is a little peculiar, you know, large footprints, like I said, claw marks, you know, tufts of fur in the woods, you know, that you would prescribe that to, you know, our, our creature here, Hodags. And certainly people do. They come in and, you know, they uh, children especially love to to talk about the, the things they see in the woods. You know, large trees pushed over and, you know, just strange things that they can't quite explain. And uh, I know from, for, from my own personal experience, um, I, I really try to talk about the hodeg, you know, in the ways that Gene Shepard would um, at the museum, you know, and the logging and lumbering heritage and, and share those stories as if uh, hodegs could could be real. And certainly, um, I can't deny that 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 there's a potential that uh, if these creatures aren't around to date, uh, that the Northwoods of Wisconsin 
was inhabited by you know strange animals of the past. So, Carrie, in your opinion, um, you get out in the woods a lot. I, I remember you do like a lot of hiking and snowshoeing, right? Do you? Um... Yeah, I put on like a hundred miles on snowshoes every winter. <laughs> do you? Do you actually? And, and this is an open question, no right answer, wrong answer, whatever. But do you think that they exist out there, or at one point did? Yeah, I, I truly believe that in northern Wisconsin's distant past, um, you know, between the time that the last glaciers receded from this area about 10, 11,000 years ago, um, you know, this area and south of here had mastodons, you know, and other prehistoric animals. Um, so, like, we find dinosaur bones and, and uh, evidence of other prehistoric animals uh, that have lived on the North American continent, um, I think it's totally plausible uh, that some creature, you know, all of these stories oftentimes are, are, you know, anchored in some amount of truth. And when people tell stories about an animal existing for hundreds, potentially thousands of years, you know, you got to take that seriously. And, and so I truly believe that uh, if there are hoed eggs up here to date, they, they seem to be very elusive, um, but certainly in the past, uh, live hoed eggs are, are not outside, uh, you know, the realm of possibility. Same question to you, uh, Ben. Do you, do you believe that uh, these things are out there? I mean, you also spend a lot of time in the woods and, and doing outdoor stuff. Have you ever had anything like that? Um, I have personally never really encountered one myself, but, you know, I would say there is a great possibility of a creature being out there in the woods. So now I'm going to leave this to uh, Ben here because uh, I know for a fact that you have spent a lot of time out in uh, the area of Rhinelander looking for the hodag and uh, possibly hunting the hodag. Is that correct? Uh, I've spent a little time in the woods looking for him and around uh, Rhinelander, you could say. Don't you sell hodag hunting tags at your shop, Ben? <laughs> uh, yes, I do, actually. Uh, DNR issued... Uh, Wisconsin hodag hunting permits. Or the I, DNR wouldn't just offer those up for no reason, right? That's right. I exactly. got one of those as well, by the way. <laughs> but uh, uh, obviously, Ben, I, I hope you get where we're going with this because there is about four minutes and 49 seconds uh, of video that probably was an entire like week or more long process of uh, creating... Uh, it was about a four-month four month process <laughs> and um uh for those who don't know uh ben is a uh something green in your neighborhood who you gonna call and we'll play the rest of that at the end of the episode but <laughs> so... ben, you should talk a little bit about you know the videos that we've done I, that one video is not a one-off and and go ahead ben t tell them about the vi the hodag videos that we've done in the modern age um so yeah pretty much uh the connectivity between me and carrie with our hodag uh relations him at the museum me at the store we started putting together these little spoof videos um our first one was a spoof on groundhog's day where we turned into grounds day day and uh, now we started getting into these uh, Hodeg music videos. And uh, last year, we came out with Hodeg Hunters. 
uh, spoof on Ghostbusters. Uh, I think I released it the week of the Hodeic Heritage Festival last year. And uh, pretty much we just dress up like Ghostbusters or Hodeg Hunters. And we go around blasting bags around town. We save a damsel in distress. Uh, we rescue some tourists at the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, go around town blasting a few other ones. And uh, if you like cheesy, corny dance scenes, we got you covered. Um, yeah. It is definitely a worthwhile watch. I think uh, when it did came out originally, uh, we shared it on the Caps page, and uh, I will make sure when this episode airs, we put a link to it as well so that you can check it out. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll play the whole song at the end of the episode for you. Um, and uh, yeah, you 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 really took the ball and ran with this thing. Like uh, the store, you have stickers and T-shirts and and everything with the the Hodag Hunters stuff on it. Yeah, no, no, we, uh, I went all out with this one. Uh, the video uh, turned out, honestly, better than I thought it was going to. The storyboard worked out great. Uh, my buddy Andrew Egan over at Inspire Digital Studios, he's the guy who created the video and filmed it. Uh, he's also the uh, singer of the song. Very nice. All right, guys, we got uh, this. Hold Egg Hunter's going to be at the... Heritage Festival, man? Oh, you know it, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, at the uh, Hodeg Heritage Festival, you can uh, stop by and uh, meet the Hodeg Hunters in person. You can watch them save the day. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun time. It's just another part of the long lineage of Hodegs. You know, every decade, it seems, you know, it takes some people to kind of you know, take the Hodeg ball and, and like you said, run with it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, being involved in the, the sort of Hodeg shenanigans, as Ben likes to say. Yes. I got I got to say from a, a personal standpoint, um, you know, uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys both for being on the show today and, and taking time. I know it was a little bit of work trying to schedule you both at the same time and stuff. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, and secondly, no problem. yeah. I would like to, to say that both of you, I mean, when you look at the, the Hodeg uh, history and, and Eugene Shepard and that, I, I would like to personally say that that both of you guys uh, embody the the spirit and legacy that, that he started. Because when, when I think of Hodeg, I mean, you two guys are the first two people that popped to my head. Um, I mean, everything that you guys have done for, for getting this, um, this creature out into the community and, you know, like traveling around, like I said, I've seen you guys out at, um, you know, Point Pleasant, West Virginia and, you know, down at CryptidCon. And I think, uh, Ben, weren't you at, um, uh, uh, the Van Meter Festival too? Yeah. I went to the Van Meter Visitor Festival and, uh, down in Iowa. Yes, yeah. and then we went. Me and Carrie went to uh, the Milwaukee Krampusnacht oh, yeah. uh, event there. That was pretty fun. We were in the parade down in Milwaukee, we're walking around with all these Krampuses, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. There was actually people the whole way cheering like Hodeg, woo, go Hodeg! <laughs> and we're like, you know, four or five hours away from Rhinelander and everybody knows what we are. They're cheering, chanting for us and. Uh, yeah, we're just trying to get the beast out, get them known. Uh, on all these road trips we went on, uh, 
I have a sticker problem in my life, and uh, I covered my vehicles with uh, big stickers of hot eggs, uh, wording that said, what the heck is a hot egg? And on the back of the car, it says, hot egg, just Google it. So that way, when we're driving across the country on all these trips, uh, give people a little something to look at and something to do while they're in the car. They can Google the hot egg and learn a little bit about Rylander. Definitely. I know I got Gene yeah, Shepard really created something special. And uh, once you fall in love with, with the green beast of Rhinelander, um, you just can't help yourself. You you want to share it with the world. And, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Definitely. All right. So we are getting to the end here. So I want to, again, thank you guys both. Um, and I want to, to have you guys go through again. Um, well, first off, we got Hodag Heritage Festival is going to be May 16th through the 25th. Or sorry, 21st. I'm reading it on the poster. 16th through the 21st uh, of May. Uh, week long with art contests, scavenger hunts, tour to Hodag bike event, citywide Hodag food, drinks, and uh, retail items. And then the big festival is going to be Saturday, May 21st at Pioneer Park in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Starts off with a pancake breakfast from 8 to 11. The uh, Hodag Historical Clips Heritage Ceremony at noon. And there will be a Hodag calling contest. Uh, 4 p.m. live music by Hip Pocket. And uh, Hodag-centered vendors, food vendors, kids bounce house, uh, kids Hodag crafts, and uh, the Hodag historical bus tours. And then we have guest speakers, myself. Uh, Carrie, you will be speaking. Yeah, excited to do it. And uh, the one and only Chad Lewis, who is a uh, author and researcher and... Uh, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with Chad Lewis by now. So <laughs> cool. Um, so Carrie, can you give us a little, uh, where, where can we find information on you? Um, the heritage park hours and stuff, the museum hours, there, location and, uh, any other, uh, websites and stuff that you got? Yeah. Best uh, place to find information about the museum is the Pioneer Park Historical Complex Facebook page. Uh, there's also information on the City of Rhinelander website, as well as the Rhinelander Chamber of Commerce website. And the Rhinelander Chamber of Commerce website is also hosting the Hodeg Heritage Festival website. So if you want some more information about the, the Heritage Festival and the culminating event on May 21st, you can hop on there and, uh, you know, look at the flyer and all the information there. And then, of course, I, I'd be remiss to say... Uh, that you should visit thehodagstore.com <laughs> and check out Ben's shop and, and uh, all the cool stuff he has to offer. And I uh, really hope people come up to Rhinelander, maybe spend the week up here enjoying the beauty of the Northwoods and um, come out on Saturday, May 21st, and celebrate the Great Pine Beast with us. Cool. Ben, he stole your thunder. Where can we find you? <laughs> um. Well, uh, thehodagstore.com is where I'm at. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, just type in the Hodeg store on something, you'll find me. Cool. And I'm just looking at this, uh, the Hodeg Hunters uh, thing. 187,712 views. It's and... getting up there. Yeah, <laughs> I... Posted I May was... 18th, 2021. Yeah, no, that uh, it, last year... Uh, Around Halloween time, it just exploded on the tube there, and uh, it it pretty much 
only had like maybe a couple thousand views. And then once like Halloween came around it, uh, I think it ended up on like a suggested, like those on the front page on like the suggested videos. Like if you've like watched a Ghostbuster video before mm-hmm. or something and uh, yeah, no, it, it exploded a little bit on there. Definitely. Well, I will, I will uh, share the, the video in the show links for this so that you guys can watch it. And um, I will uh, make sure that we reshare it again on our Facebook for everybody. Um, so uh, that's that's. I want to thank you guys again for coming on today, um, taking the time to talk about the hodag and all things associated with it. And um, I look forward to speaking with you guys both up at uh, on May twenty first, and hopefully everyone comes out and checks that out. So. Thanks for having us, Barnaby. It's been uh, great talking dags with you this afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> thanks again. I am your host, Barnaby. I'm Carrie Bladehorn. And I'm Ben Burnell. And I got one last question for you guys before we go. Who are you going to call?
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the paranormal society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. You will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. If you enjoy our podcasts or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Wisconsin Caps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. Visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook, or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us.